turning the microphone on. I'll do a one-minute catch-up and then dive into the book. The book this week is going to be Some Days Today. It's a book by Matthew Dix. He wrote Storyworthy, which is a great book about storytelling, telling kind of the, the story of your life or stories from your life. And a big thing from that book is called Homework for Life. He has it in a spreadsheet where every day you try to write down just one thing that made that day different. By the end of the year, you have 365 rows. Maybe not all of them are significant, but or all of them are that like significant thing. But from that, you're going to realize just how different your day-to-day is. And that can be an important thing just in life so that, especially with remote work, it's easy for every single day to look exactly the same, or not exactly the same, but so close to the same that they just blend together. That's where it can feel like weeks, months are disappearing. In a way, I'm feeling, I'm, I can't believe it's already almost the end of February. In a way, I feel like I was just recording the set of podcast episodes and scheduling those out. And I thought, like, oh, okay, great. I'm going to, I have those scheduled out. I'll be able to just continue to bank episodes and then I'll have the, the year scheduled out uh, with episodes just posting. And that hasn't happened clearly. I've started to miss weeks again. So I want to at least do this episode, try to get back on track with this, see how this goes. I'm reading Sunday is today. Uh, it's a, yeah, because I read Story Worthy, I enjoyed that. Heard, I, I forget how I heard about this book. It might have just been because I own his other book that it showed up in recommendations. But also, Ali Abdal, uh, the productivity YouTuber, recently talked about this book as well. Or I think he blurbs this book, but he also has an interview with Matthew Dix from what I remember. I should look that up. I'm not going to because I want to continue to record this and not pause the recording to go look something up and then end up never coming back to this thing. That is a bit of oh just from this book i guess i'm just diving into this book actually <laughs> i thought i was going to give an update i guess like some updates yeah i'm just trying to do start the podcast keep the podcast going i've been making a lot of shorts on youtube so i guess that's like the creative work that i am doing is yeah making shorts on youtube i've been trying out these different formats just to like continue to explore different formats that is important to me right now to try to figure out what i can do what i enjoy doing with the idea that for the long haul to work whatever plan i think can work for the long haul for creative work enjoying it has to be a part of that and this isn't necessarily to say like oh i want to make a full career out of podcasting it's switched to like trying to be a podcaster or like creator it is more like accepting that i probably won't do that even if i do that for even if I, I mean, I do want to do that, you know, someday and that, that comes to the title, but, um, yeah, someday that'd be great. Do like creative work, uh, full time. In the meantime, the reality is I have a full-time job, a career, a great career <laughs> that I'm, I'm happy with, proud of, but that someday is today. So it is trying to figure out like the reality of the, Hey, like maybe I don't have hours a day to work on creative work, but what can I do with an hour? Like if I just say like, Sunday is today. Now I can do my creative work now with the remaining time, not all of the remaining time. Like I still also want to set the time aside to enjoy life. And that's like an important thing as well that probably too many times in the past few years, I've had say like a full day unscheduled. And then I think, okay, I'm just going to sit down and just try to write for eight hours. And that doesn't work because one, that's not that fun. Um, And then it becomes a thing of like, uh, is this the point of 
all of this is to do things that I, I'm not enjoying that stress me out in a way where I think I have learned that writing long form stuff is definitely not the format for me as far as what I want to do, say like personal happiness. I get, I get like stress. It, it opens like this big loop. It's harder for me to finish something big. Um, it's, and then it just distracts me through the rest of the day because, um, so I'm trying to figure out formats that I enjoy making, topics that I enjoy making. And I have enjoyed making short form video, but there was a balance where at a certain point I was just posting NBA highlights with a book quote on top of it. It was something where people would view it and then it could be like, I'm maybe fool's gold in a way where I could talk myself into like, at least I'm the one picking like a relevant highlight and a related quote and there's some skill to that or something. And while that might be true, it also just wasn't too fulfilling creatively. And then I've been doing animations on top of um, NBA highlights, and that's a little more fulfilling. But then it did start to feel like, oh, I was kind of like just doing exactly the same thing each time. And it was useful to learn After Effects, so I was able to pick up the basics of After Effects. But then, um, yeah, I, I, then it still felt like a little bit, I don't know about wasteful, but I wanted to do something where I was making use of books I'm reading, podcasts I'm listening to, like things that I'm learning and to try to share that knowledge. And something that's been really fulfilling, if somewhat silly, are these beef life lesson short videos that I've been doing where it's just like videos of beef because I have all from the past 10 years, I have so much, um, so many videos and photos of food that I don't do anything with. I continue to like record videos when I, when it, almost any time I, I use the grill, I would record video of it and like video of myself slicing it um without posting it or anything so i thought okay let me just like use that try to do a little bit of storytelling and relate it to a creative activity that's been fulfilling so i think it is useful to continue to try out different formats and to just continue to iterate and not yet go down and drill down completely and commit completely to one format i think there's still some more exploring I can do before really just like narrowing in on one format and then executing that for, um, for a year, for months on end. And ultimately maybe it is just realizing that that isn't something that I want to do. Like there's value in doing that in repeating the same message over and over and over. That's how people build brands. Oftentimes that's on paper. Sometimes people think that's what they don't want to consume is the same thing over and over. But in practice, that often is what is happening. An example that I enjoy is Cal Newport talking about deep work. So he has a podcast about productivity. He's, he's written a bunch of great books, um, deep work, so good they can't ignore you. And recently has been doing things about like digital minimalism, uh, work without email. And now he's going to write something about the deep life and then also slow productivity and kind of um, figuring out a solution to the, what he calls, and this is him repeating a phrase over and over and over is the, um, something hive mind. It's the, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll look this up because I want to get the phrase right. Uh, Cal Newport hive mind. Here we go. He calls it the hyperactive hive mind. This is where you just, you work, but you have a bunch of different things to check. You're checking your email, you're checking your chat. You might have multiple emails and multiple chats, and then you're also checking into different systems uh, to whatever it is that you're doing in your bug tracking system or any other sort of project management system. Then those things are setting notifications and all of that can lead to a bunch of chaos in the brain. So my point about like repeating topics, his podcast each week 
is pretty much just about that over and over and over in different ways. But he is repeating the same messages about deep work. And that's where it is like, I'm happy to consume his stuff, even though it is about the same thing. And it is and it is the point in a way is that work is not going to end. Um, even if it's this idea of creating full time, becoming some kind of online creator, it's still work. Even if you enjoy it, it is still work. It's not complete leisure. It's not something that you're doing like as leisure. The ultimate goal isn't to take some form of leisure and get paid for it. It is to find a craft that I find joy in and to be able to do that full time someday in the future. I have not talked about the book I mentioned, and this is where things can get away from me a bit. I get, I said I was going to talk for one minute about what's going on. So yeah, I've been making YouTube shorts, um, been drawing more been reading. And for this, I took all the highlights from the book and then made comments. And I'm going to now 10 minutes in start to talk about this book. Someday is today by Matthew Dix. Really enjoyed it. It's about practical things that you can do. I, I don't think he mentions like the cover doesn't say like the subtitle doesn't say like time management or anything like that. But it is very much that uh, that is a big theme through the book is how you can as a creative person doing creative work, how you can find the time to do it and how to manage your time, manage your attention to live this creative life. Uh, Matthew Dix is a teacher. He's an elementary school teacher. He has been uh, for decades. While doing that, he's been able to do a bunch of stuff on the side, like becoming a published author, multiple books. He is one of the best storytelling competitors in the world and as a result has been able to consult with businesses to teach them how to use storytelling for business. He has a podcast for it and then a bunch of other stuff, it sounds like. And he's still able to live his life, be a husband, raise kids, be a member of the community, be a wedding DJ, all because he is pretty ruthless with getting rid of things that are wastes of time to him. He's a little more ruthless than I would be. I think that there are some things that he thinks are a waste of time that I do think are useful. I do think maybe like I, I enjoy TV. I At times I do wish I could watch more of it or that I watched some shows that I've missed. And I've done The Ultimate Sin where I've certainly stood in lines for some kind of gimmicky food. In any case, really great advice here for getting the work done. And now, finally, to the highlights. This first one is, quote, when I'm alo home alone for the weekend, desperate to binge watch the latest Zeitgeist television show, the 100-year-old version of myself says, you don't get stretches of time like this to yourself very often. Maybe you should write or get the guys together for a poker, ga poker game or finally start learning the piano. The TV show is supposedly great, but when I'm lying in my deathbed looking back over my life, will I even remember that show? Probably not. Um, and I guess like, I, I don't want to have so many objections to the book, but, uh, this is the one where it is like, well, I, there are a few shows and I, I think I am agreeing here in that there are definitely a few shows where every hour of watching it was totally worth the time. Game of Thrones comes to mind. And then anytime you're watching shows with other people, that's usually a pretty good time right now have definitely enjoyed and think it's valuable time with Amy watching. We're currently watching last of us. We previously watched it, or we, we just finished, yeah, Last of Us, Succession, Severance, all of the kind of like prestige TV shows, that sort of thing. Really great uses of time. Some of the best storytelling that's happening today 
I don't think it's a waste of time to watch those. But yeah, when I sit down and then think of like all of this, all the other TV shows in life that maybe there are some, you know, that I was watching alone, maybe I could have skipped those and got something else done. That said, I don't really watch like a ton of TV as it is. Um, on the other hand, some of my happiest friends and like the ones I like enjoy spending the most time with, they watch a ton of TV. So if this book ultimately, this is, this book is about creativity. If it was about just happiness, I think TV is a, a great part of that. And now I'll just go into some other stuff. I, I definitely, you know, if you're sitting home watching eight hours of TV every day or like six hours of TV every day. And at the same time, wondering, questioning, like, why can I not do my, why can I not write this novel? Then yeah, that, that's an issue. That's like, you clearly can buy some time back. All right. Next quote, he says, uh, this was thinking about a game. I think it was like, it, so he, he's a big Patriots fan, talks about how that's been a big part of his life. Some of his happiest moments are through sports, through the Patriots run, of course, with Tom Brady. And then he's describing someone skipping a game. He says, um, well, it's going to be pretty cold that night, and it's a two-hour drive to the stadium. The game's going to end at midnight, which means we're getting home at two if we're lucky. So I might be in bed by three, and that's going to make the next workday hell. So no, I'll skip that one and watch from home. Can you believe it? He actually thinks that the next workday is going to be relevant to the rest of his life. That's the end of the quote. I love this. That it's it's pretty easy to start projecting out like, oh, these are all the downsides of going to enjoy that thing. Um, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that. And a lot of times it's because you want to. Yeah, a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to affect like my single work day tomorrow. Um, this reminded me, I used to go to these Clippers games when I lived in San Diego. So Chris Paul got traded to the Clippers immediately. Uh, we, me and a friend, Kurt, we bought not season tickets, but a, like a 12 game package. And yeah, I would go to these Clippers games. We would have to drive pretty much knowing that it's, we're going to hit LA traffic. It was in some ways miserable, but I w it was awesome because we got to watch that season of the Lob City Clippers who unfortunately like are looked back on as just a big what if, what if it didn't all go horribly wrong. But to experience that first year, uh, to experience like a bunch of these, uh, I guess maybe iconic, I, I think like uh, I thought they would be more iconic. Maybe if they did win a championship, all those like Blake Griffin dunks would be iconic. But in the moment, it definitely felt like that was something that was going to happen. Um, and it would affect three days of work because the night before the game, so day one, night before the game, we would, I would have to like sleep early because I need to wake up early to leave work early so that we could drive to LA and make it to the game on time, make it through traffic. We can't beat traffic, so we would just have to accept we're going to have to hit the traffic. Uh, and then watch the game, leave. By the time we got home, it was like past midnight. So then I'd still have to go to work the next day and I would be sleepy. I would be tired the next day. So that's, yeah, three days, like the day before the game, the day after the game. And could I tell you anything about those work days? No, I like they weren't any single one. Like, yeah, the collection of, of that work was good for my career and, all of that to just have a job, of course. I'm grateful I've had a job, but I, I can tell you, I definitely do remember 
And uh, yeah, that said, like, I don't remember every single game either. Uh, but there were definitely moments from the, like those games that were some of the best times that I had in San Diego. So, um, yeah, sometimes it is good to just go to the game. That, that is a good use of time. I guess this doesn't have that much to do with like, creative work, but um, it is more just about weighing the options of what you can do with your time. All right, next quote from Some Days Today. He writes, she tells me that the writing process is complicated for her. She finds that she can only write in two to three hour increments at a time, and she really needs to be in the right space to work. A quiet coffee shop or a park bench. Mid-morning, cappuccino at the ready. She hopes to dedicate a year of her life to writing the book, but she wants to understand the publishing world before beginning. I nod, I bite my tongue. That's the end of the quote. So Matthew Dix here is talking about, I'm not sure if it's a coaching client. I think it was just, it wasn't a client. I think it's just um, someone that that uh, asked him for his time to just talk about writing. And then she just describes her situation about why she hasn't uh, become a writer. Later, he talks about how she's someone who wants to have written to be, oh, and she, yeah, uh, he says here, She's fond of what she imagines the writing life to be. Mid-morning visits to the coffee shop to splash a few hundred words on the page before enjoying a late lunch with friends. But she's not prepared to do the actual work required to produce something worthy of people's time and money, nor is she passionate enough to engage in the craft in those less-than-ideal moments. That's the end of the quote. And yeah, it is kind of like the two sides of visualizing a lifestyle in the future. I mentioned Cal Newport earlier when I was uh, starting the episode, and he has this thing called, I, I don't know what, what the phrase is that he uses, but an important thing that you can learn to do is, or like just uh, an important thing to do when figuring out your career is to picture the kind of like lifestyle. It's lifestyle-centric design. I think that is what he calls it. So this is where you pick, um, and this is not, you know, <laughs> my ties on the beach forever. It's uh, figuring out the work that you want to do and visualizing the work lifestyle in the future that you want and then reverse engineering it to figure out how you can make that possible. The example here is where things might backfire, where yes, we want to, and we can imagine and picture this romantic version of the writer's life, but then we stop and don't do the reverse engineering to figure out how to get there or if that actually is realistic. And even if it is realistic, learn like the reverse engineering is finding the path there. And it often might mean that you are still doing the writing in less than ideal situations. Doing the writing when you don't have three hour, two or three hour increments at a time to write. The next quote, he writes, the tragedy is that creative people and people who dream of being creative often use their time less effectively than most. And more often than not, they spend their lives waiting for the right moment instead of making the time. The trick is to utilize your time effectively, to value every minute of the day equally, regardless of how many other minutes are attached to it. Once you have chosen the, to value every minute, you can begin to create systems by which those precious minutes can be used. That's the end of the quote. I've definitely seen this in... I, this, is, this is why I'm reading books like this is because that hits pretty hard is that... Um, yeah, I, I do like to think that I am a creative person. And then I definitely use my time less effectively. I'm, a, I'm able to free up time, time block... And then waste that very, very, uh, yeah, I, I can be very effective in wasting time. This can be a thing where you're creative, so you're curious about a bunch of different things, and then that curiosity can often lead to distraction. 
um i I think you know various phrases it's like nerd sniping and it can be really easy to just like go off and then chase some other thing um that comes up and this is why i do worry when i'm recording these of researching something i even wrote a, a book note here in my kindle highlights where uh let me let me find this thing yeah okay so (laughs) i'm just gonna jump to another quote i I wasn't planning to share this one so he says i thought golf was stupid elitist here i thought golf was a stupid elitist boring sport when my friends bought me a ten dollar set of clubs at a yard sale and asked me to play but i said yes i'll give it a try today it's one of my favorite things in the world and (laughs) the book note here well i I just wanted to note my uh, it was like a meta note that i read this and then within the same week that I read this, I was talking to a friend here about picking up like how I used to play like par three, like three par courses um, and yeah, like pitch and putt courses and that I should buy it. Uh, yeah, that we should go sometime, but I don't have clubs. Then I read this in this book and then, uh, you know, it's on Kindle. So I just switched to the Amazon app, then started searching to buy golf clubs. And I never returned to the book for the rest of that day. I just like completely forgot uh, that I was reading. Anyway, back to this. Uh, it, it is figuring out in my own work, this creative work, how to time block and then actually like execute on what I wanted to do in that block and to probably not create so many, not to start so many things. I take some pride in like being able to like come up with an idea and then outline it very quickly. But what that does is probably it just creates an open loop that's never going to be closed. And the more open loops you have, then the less focused you can be. I need to continue to focus on finishing actions, uh, things that are actually like finishing and publishing things. And that will be the more effective use of time. Okay, next quote, he says, years ago, my wife and I were watching the film The Founder. Uh, I'll, I'll skip a little bit. Uh, he says, there is a scene in The Founder where the McDonald's brothers design a kitchen that maximizes productivity by establishing routines for all their employees based upon experimentation, design, and practice. It was a symphony of efficiency, repetition, and cooperation. Also, Matthew Dix used to be a manager at a McDonald's, and he talks about how some of the lessons there were things that he was able to apply uh, to the rest of his life. And a note I wrote here is just like, as far as like establishing like this environment, I always am like working on my desk setup, one monitor, two monitors, back to one monitor, having my iPad nearby, having these different stands and spaces and um, being able to record different things. So being able to quickly record my drawings and I love to tinker with like this setup. And then again, it's it's not the actual work. It's, it's spending all this time on this. And it reminds me of all the time I was spending uh, planning out my garage gym, watching these videos instead of actually working out in the day-to-day, but I was able to, like, catch myself there where, um, during that, I was like, okay, let me actually work out as much as I'm researching this home gym. Uh, and then back to work environments, it's also the digital workspace that becomes important as well, because that's where a lot of the distraction is, is attention residue. This happens a lot with my laptop. I'll open it up, and then all my old apps are there. All these projects and things that I was working on are there. All the open loops that I have are very obvious and then uh it it is why i do like using an ipad is just one app at a time i can go in there work on one app and not be reminded of something else that i was doing and i can just work on one thing and finish it uh the book this reminded me of was it's this book called work clean it's about it relates uh productivity knowledge work to how chefs cooks work in a kitchen and there's things in there that are about 
removing wasted movement, prepping beforehand to create your workspace, starting from scratch every day, and yeah, always starting the day clean. Okay, I'll, I'll keep moving with the quotes here. He says, choose how you spend that time more carefully than anything else in your life. It is the most important choice that you make every day. Don't allow things like television, social media, or mindless movement to fill the time as it does for so many. That's the end of the quote. So while I have these thoughts about TV being like, you know, an, an okay thing, I, the the real thing now is probably social media. And I think, you know, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say like, oh, everyone should use it, uh, shouldn't use it. I'm not there. I think there's good things about social media, about how they can keep us connected to our friends and to uh, be a creative outlet. And then for a lot of people, it's also good for their businesses. That said, at least half, we can probably use it like half as much and be better off with it. Um, and just building awareness of how much time is actually getting sucked into it. But the note that I wrote here, so I've mentioned those shorts, I've mentioned the beef life lessons, I did one on lost leaders. So, uh, you know, you get the grocery store flyers for us, we use, uh, so we, we've been doing the, the Safeway um, flyers, there's five for five on Fridays, but also each week you can guarantee there's going to be some great price on meat. Oftentimes it's like one chicken sale, one's beef or like different types of beef. And that's been our default. Amy and I will just pick one of the beef loss leaders, go in, and then um, that's that's what we'll have for a few of the days during the week. The thing with the loss leader is, of course, it's really cheap. And then the idea will be that you go in there for that, but then you buy a few other items. Um, and how this relates to I, I, the video that I made on the short that I made was just about that, like um, removing decision fatigue by having some defaults so that our and our default was just by the loss leader. No need to think. The other way that this can relate to creative activity is this is how you want to treat your time blocks. It, it's like that grocery store, your task that you've time blocked is the loss leader and you want to get in there, get out. And then not waste time wandering around the aisles. Often that's what I can do is get in there, then just start wandering the aisles of the creative work. And then the time block disappears and I haven't even checked out. All right. Uh, next quote. He says, you can do a lot in 10 minutes. Matthew Dix. And he does joke about like, oh, he's, he is quoting himself. Um, he says, I'm not kidding. 10 minutes is also an enormous amount of time. I can get a lot done in the stray 10 minute blocks of time that seem to fill my day. The 10 minutes before dinner is ready. The 10 minutes it takes for my son to find his shoes every day. The 10 minutes spent sitting in the drive through line. The 10 minutes spent waiting for the dryer cycle to finish. The 10 minutes of waiting before it's my turn to shower, the 10 minutes of a meeting that do not pertain to me, the 10 minutes in the line at the pharmacy. Lots of different ways to use 10 minutes. Um, and I'm realizing that this episode is getting very long, like way more than 10 minutes. Um, and he's, yeah, so the, the note I wrote here is that, yeah, 10 minutes is plenty of time to do something useful and creative. So yeah, some of the ways that I've been doing it is I have this app called Readwise. So that's where all my Kindle highlights go. I've been using that to just review highlights if I have like even not even 10 minutes. So I've been trying to figure out how to use the three minute block of time between between sets when doing a barbell workout. And yeah, even three minutes, that's enough time to grab a quote like to yeah skim a few quotes, grab one that's interesting and then 
write some notes on it. Uh, other ways to use 10 minutes. I can do a drawing in 10 minutes. I can read and learn something. And yeah, it, I mentioned like the workout sets. It's it's a bunch of three minute rests and it kind of does add up to say like about 20 minutes. And I don't think necessarily that you need to fill every single moment of your day with productive creative work. But if you have some of these predictable small blocks of time, it can be good to have some defaults to um, to use. Insta- and again, this probably replaces social media. Oftentimes it's just like the default will be to grab my phone and go look at something and refresh something to see if there's new content on it. Uh, instead, I can do something that pushes a project forward. All right. Um, I think I'll end the episode here. I had way more notes, probably could do an extra episode here. I'm not sure that I will, so I won't make any promises on this. But yeah, definitely check out this book, Some Days Today. And this goes to some of the uh, time wasted and like using the time. Like I wrote all these notes. Um, I went through all my highlights, wrote these notes in comments, thinking I would talk about all of them. But I kind of know also like, oh, if this episode gets too long, then it I need to make shorter episodes. So in a way, I can look at it as the rest of the notes that I don't use and don't put in the episode are that was wasted time in some way. But in another way, going through all of the highlights is probably a good exercise anyway, uh, just just to review it, just to make the most of reading the book. And in a way, that's another thing is if, if I'm reading a book and then I don't review the highlights, then some of it's not retained and maybe that's not useful. I think you do get some of it just through like osmosis and just like through the act of reading that you do absorb some of the ideas in it, the higher, um, yeah, just like the, the overall approach or, um, yeah, over, like, I don't know about framework, but yeah, just the overall mindset that the book is trying to shift you toward can get absorbed just like by reading, you don't have to maniacally take notes on every single page to I think that's what you need to do to retain the information. Um, anyway, okay, I'll stop rambling. Thanks for listening.